How are you? Good to see all of you, and welcome. We're glad to have you all. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, early. So um, we, uh, we have scales underneath you, so let's see how much weight we can gain for next weekend, right? Let's, let's pound it in. So enjoy. I hope you've got some great family plans, and um, just enjoy your holiday weekend. Um, I want to give you an update. So if you're new with us, welcome. Uh, there's a communicator card. If you just fill that out, it's on your seat rack right in front of you. Uh, just fill that out and put that in the uh, tithing offering boxes. Let us know you're here. If there's anything we can do to serve you, if we can pray for you in any way, uh, as well, members, uh, we have a great intercession prayer team that prays uh, diligently over these all week. And so just fill that out and let's stand together. Uh, and if God's answering your prayers, please, please let us know that too. We'd love to hear all that God's doing. So place those in the tithe and offering containers and make that part of your worship this morning as well. Um, this week we had some, uh, you'll hear the message, uh, the, the series is called Faithful. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, being faithful in the good times. So how many of you guys were here with us last week? Uh, we talked about how God is always faithful, right? Say that with me. God's always faithful. You know, that doesn't sound very convincing to me. God is always faithful, right? And so today uh, we're going to talk about how there's a part that we play, right? We need to be faithful as well. And uh, really for us to understand uh, how to be faithful, we've got to know that God's always faithful to us. Regardless of our decisions, our sins, our mistakes, God's always faithful. And if you missed that message, it's really powerful. But uh, this week we had an amazing week in, in our uh, ministries and things happening in the church. I figured I'd just give you an update. So if you're new, you can jump right on board. But we have a pantry that serves our community uh, that every Thursday they meet. And so uh, we've been planning for a big Thanksgiving dinner for them. And uh, so we have uh, anywhere between uh, 40 and 50 families that come out each week. And uh, we, we give them food and meet their needs, whatever they need. But we decided to throw a big uh, dinner for them. And, and they were blessed by that. We had 44 families come out. We gave them all uh, Thanksgiving baskets. In fact, uh, one family, this was her first time coming to our Ridge pantry, and she was just blown away. So she got a, a Thanksgiving basket full of all the fixings, so we put everything in there. Uh, how many of you know Thanksgiving is getting more expensive? With hyperinflation, it's getting even more expensive, right? So, so we just wanted to bless them and say, hey, we'll, we'll take care of Thanksgiving dinner, the fixings. Uh, there was a gift card in there, and she just walked away and crying, just blown away, and just wanted to say thank you, uh, first of all, to the Lord for the, what a blessing, but also to you for being so generous and providing baskets and serving every day. Some of you give to the pantry every week financially. Some of you serve there every week. Uh, so just thank you for, for giving. It, it means a lot. Uh, God is revealing his goodness to them. Uh, and then we did shoeboxes. How many of you guys packed some shoeboxes last week? You were in the party, eating pizza, packing boxes. We were praying for 100 boxes. That was double what we collected last year. We were praying for 100. Guess how many we had? 182. That's good. We were close. 182. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. 182 kids are going to get a Christmas gift, and uh, many of them probably have never received a gift, but the Graham Association, they do such a great job, or Samaritan person doing that, and so it's just an amazing blessing. Some of them will have never received a Christmas gift, but even more importantly, they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to hear about Jesus, and they're going to have a, a wonderful shoebox that you're delivering to them. So thank you for that as well. Uh, um, for many of you, normally we have some park signs up here, and so if this is your first time here, the crew did a great job decorating this week. Didn't they do phenomenal? So they did an awesome job, and... 
really great. And I'm usually a not after Thanksgiving, but this was a good blessing. I was, I was great. I was thankful. Um, but we, we usually have some park signs up. And so if you're new with us, there's a brochure in the back. Just go to Info Central about our Community Blessed Project. But we're building a park right on McLaren Road. Uh, it's been an ongoing project. It's been a huge process. But we did apply for a grant for the DCNR because we felt like now, as a church, we want to start this process, but we didn't feel the burden that it's $700,000. It's, it's not a small price tag. So, uh, but we did put in a grant for a matching grant for up to $250,000. So, uh, so every dollar that we raise, they'll match dollar for dollar uh, if we get approved for this grant. So we're still in the running. I wanted to give you an update. Some of you uh, have been wondering, hey, did we get approved yet? Not yet. They said October. <laughs> then they said November. But the good news is we're still in the running, all right? So we're with any day now, and maybe it'll be a good Christmas gift, all right? But uh, be praying and standing and agreeing with us that uh, God will give us favor and uh, we'll get this grant. Uh, and to date, just so you know, we started this uh, fundraising in, uh, in January. To date, we've raised $75,000, and that'll be dollar for dollar matched if, if, if we get this grant. So 75000 could turn into one fifty real fast. And so uh, you can see how important this is. So, so thank you for giving. Uh, thank you for your generosity. We're... Um, with all the pledges, we're expected to raise 100000 by the end of the year. And so if you're new and you want to jump in, hey, we'd love to have you. It's just a really exciting moment. And if you haven't seen where it's at, just go right to McLaren, take a right. It's right there. You'll see a sign there. It's where that nice new house is right there. Uh, everyone asks, is that our bathroom? I said, sure, that's our bathroom. Just go, <laughs> just go knock and say, i got to use the bathroom. So there you go. It's not. It's a house. So, uh, but anyway, they're a great family. Uh, we know them really well. So, um, but just want to give you an update. So it's coming. Just keep Keep praying, keep believing with me, and hopefully I'll have some exciting news here in the days ahead, all right? Christmas is coming, right? Christmas is coming. Uh, Christmas Eve, we've got a guest worship leader coming next week, uh, Nick Barilla, so come out and, and worship together with us, with him, but uh, it's going to be a great weekend, so don't miss that. Uh, and then we have Christmas Eve, we're going to have, I don't know if you saw this on the slides, we haven't really announced it yet, but uh, horse-drawn carriage rides for all of you, and so we're going to set up a calendar, you can sign up for your family, get, some, get a ride uh, between 11 and 4, and then we'll have Christmas Eve services at 5, and so it's going to be a blast, and you can get your picture taken, you can have some, have some fun with your family, and so they'll be right here at the church. Uh, dragging you around, right? And so it'd be good. It'd be good. And we'll have two. So you guys, you know, everybody can get on there and have a blast. And then the week before that, we're going to have a special Christmas concert. We're bringing somebody in, uh, somebody that we uh, got in contact with. And so it's going to be a, a great Christmas season. We're just, we're really excited. I hope you're excited. Bring somebody. Like, pick them up in the horse-drawn carriage and bring them, right? So if, if they'll take you out there. It's going to be, be a great month. All right, so we're in a series called Faithful. And last week was a phenomenal message. I just encourage you to listen to it. It really sets the heart and sets the tone of how good God is to us. And in return, we're not doing something. We're not being faithful to God, serving God. We're not coming to church to get something from God. We just recognize what a wonderful relationship we have with God and what a good God he is. And so out of that, our lives are uh, are committed to him. We not only commit our lives, but we want to serve him. We want to bless him. And we want to love God and love people. That's our vision. Uh, for this church. And so that's every day we choose to do that. So uh, for many of you, uh, I don't know if you heard that in the announcements, but we're collecting gift cards. And so this is an amazing way to show God's love to people that don't know God at all, or maybe they're having a hard time, or they don't know how they're going to get gifts to their kids. So we're buying $10 gift cards to Walmart or Target or wherever, just $10. You can buy one, you can buy a hundred. It doesn't matter. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to bless a whole bunch of families that don't know how they're going to make Christmas happen. And we're just going to come and show them Christ by being generous. God's a generous God, isn't he? Amen. We're blessed as a church. And so today I want to talk about a message. And 
again, the series is faithful, but I want to talk about uh, sometimes the hardest time for us to be faithful is when times are, some say bad, some say good. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's harder for us to be faithful when times are good. Maybe you're asking why. I ask myself that question too. Why is it harder for us to be faithful when times are good? Because we've gotten to a place where it's about us. We've gotten to a place where we take credit for what we're doing, how we got there. You know, maybe you got a new job. Maybe you got a promotion. Maybe you're graduating middle school or high school or college. Maybe you're getting your first job. This is your first job towards your career. Maybe you've gotten married. Maybe you've got, maybe you just had your first girlfriend or boyfriend. Maybe it's been 30 years and you still need a boyfriend or a girlfriend. (laughs) Whatever it is, but we get to this place where we start to take credit. Or we start to say, you know, I did this. I worked hard. I got that job. I got that promotion. I did all the hard work to study for those good grades. I got that score on the ACT or the SAT. I went through college in four years and kept my, my, my grade point average at a 4.0. I did all of that. And while that's true, there's a part that we play. For sure, there's a part that we play. But do you understand if God didn't create you, you would never have the opportunity anyway? That God made you? That before you were even in your mother's womb, that's not political either way. We all come out of a mother's womb. Before you even came out, he knew your name. He knew your gifts. He knew your talents. In fact, the scriptures say he intertwined your gifts, your talents, your identity, who you are. Why do we take credit? Why do we get to a place when good things happen to us? Well, I deserve it. Look, I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing to be appreciative and grateful and thankful. In fact, that should be our heart. But let's not get to a place where we're a place of entitlement. In fact, our kids right now in in service right now, they're learning how to be content. That's the hardest thing in America and the world, isn't it? To be content. But that's the scriptures. This is what God has designed. Look, we need to be faithful in these good times. I want to show you two examples in the scripture. One is not God's heart and another is God's heart. But let me show you two examples. But Jesus taught about this. In fact, in Luke chapter 12, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. And if you'll just put a marker or put your bulletin at Genesis 50, uh, we'll be there. We'll end the services at Genesis 50. But in Luke chapter 12, Jesus shared a story. Now, this wasn't real. This, now, It's probably happened a million times, but this was just a story to get you to understand God's heart. He says in verse 16 of Luke chapter 12, he says, then he told them a story, Jesus speaking. And he said, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have enough room for my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, You have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. That's a statement we all know really well, isn't it? But did you know every time this is in the Bible, that's not God's heart? But God said to him, you fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Isn't that interesting? 
Who will get it? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Hear me. Being blessed is not a bad thing. Having things is not a bad thing. In fact, having so much like this rich man where you have to have bigger storehouses is not a bad thing. Look, it's neutral. It can be good or it could be bad. Jesus made it very clear to us. And his point is you can't serve two gods. You can't worship God and mammon, which is money. You can't worship both gods. You have to choose. One is going to go against the other. Look, if you worship Jesus, he's first. He's the source. If you worship money, you don't want anything to do with Jesus. It's all about you. Look, it's not about how much stuff you have. It's not about your net worth. Those things aren't bad because you know what? You can use your resources for the kingdom of God too. In fact, we're going to talk about Joseph who stored up for seven years. Talk about building bigger vats, building bigger barns, having more garages. That speaks well to our lingo today, doesn't it? We have a lot of stuff. Joseph stored up for seven years, but you know what? He did it because God instructed him to say, hey, a famine's coming. I want you to start storing up. I'm sure, I'm sure to the world or from the outside, it looked like, Joseph, come on. How much more do you need? But there came a time when God used someone that was faithful to feed the world. You see, look, it's not about your stuff. I love what Jesus says. It's about a rich, not rich in stuff, a rich relationship with him. I love that he uses everything. In fact, I don't know about you, but uh, maybe you can take this away from this message if you walk out of here with anything. You don't own anything. I don't own anything. I'm not trying to be harsh. We like to put our names on all the loans and titles and deeds, but at the end of the day, I love what Jesus said. When you perish, who's gonna get it? God is going to transfer it. He's going to move it to somebody else. Somebody else. We are managers. We are stewards. And God has blessed you with all that you have. Everything is from him. He made it all. We can't make metal if he didn't make the materials. We can't make uh, you know, houses if he didn't make trees and wood and, and all the different things that we use. If God didn't make any of that, we wouldn't have an opportunity to do what we do. You wouldn't be able to use your gift and your talents and your skills if God didn't create you and he didn't create these wonderful things that we see that we're able to make and be creative. There was a man in the scriptures named Saul. Now, I'm not talking about Saul and Paul. I'm talking about King Saul. And, you know, Saul was very blessed In fact, God made the nation of Israel, and Saul was the first king. Now, we vote for presidents, and we vote for our government officials. We get to do all that process, and I I love the country we live in. But in Israel, especially in these early times in Israel, now they vote in Israel today. But back then, when God made Israel, he picked the king. God picked the king. Oh, imagine that. Imagine being Saul before he was king Saul. Imagine being Saul, and God came to you and said, you're my king. And for 42 years, Saul was the king of Israel. For 42 years, he's had good times. For 42 years, he saw good things. They conquered nation after nation, and they expanded their favor. They expanded their wealth. They expanded their increase. For 42 years, they were able to talk about this amazing good God. Good things happened, and then Saul went south. Why? 
Why did Saul go south? You know, kind of one of the final straws for Saul was God gave him instructions. Now, when we talk about being faithful in good times, imagine this conversation. God told Saul, you're going to go fight the Amalekites and you're going to be victorious. You're going to win. But after you win, I don't want you to take anything. Now, the Amalekites weren't worshiping God. These were, there was a lot of evil in this, in this nation. And he said, look, I don't want you to take anything because it's not my heart. They don't love me. I want you to totally take this nation out. And you know what Saul did? After he was victorious, after he won the battle, he got selfish. Not only did he get selfish, he said, look, I want to keep the best of the crops, best of the leadership for myself. How many of you know you can't hide things from God? You can't hide things from God. You, you think you can, right? But God is still faithful even in those moments. What's crazy is, is that Saul was unfaithful and they still won the battle. Saul was unfaithful and selfish and sinful, and God still gave them the victory. Make no mistake about it, you and I are accountable to God. We're accountable to him. This isn't to scare you. Actually, it should be a joy for you. It should be a joy for me. We're not perfect. You and I aren't perfect, and Saul isn't perfect either. And it wasn't like God came to Saul and said, one thing, you're out. In fact, many times he came to Saul and he said, Saul, what did you do? He asked him, and you know what Saul did? He blamed everybody else. Oh, well, the soldiers. Well, they wanted the livestock. Oh, no, it was the soldiers. Or, or I was keeping the best, Lord, so I could sacrifice it to you. He made excuses. He denied. He shifted blame. He blamed other people. And I think that relates to many of us. God is blessing you. Good things are happening in your life. And instead of giving God credit, we begin to make it about us. And you know what God said to Saul? He sent the prophet Samuel to him in 1 Samuel chapter 15. He sent Samuel to Saul. And look at what he said in 1 Samuel 15. But Samuel replied to Saul and said, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice. Do you think God wants us to sacrifice and not listen to him? That was never his intentions. Listen, obedience is always better than sacrifice, and submission is always better than offering the fat of the rams. Rebellion is as, sin, as, as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness is bad as worshiping idols. So because you've rejected the command of the Lord, he's rejected you as king. A lot of us hear that and go, well, that was harsh. Let me just tell you, this isn't the first time it happened. The Lord tried to speak to Saul. The Lord tried to get him to repent. The Lord tried to get, have him be honest and truthful. He had many opportunities, as do we. Listen, when times are good, don't make it about you. I certainly understand we work hard. We should work hard. We should study hard. We should get good grades. We should be putting effort into what we do. Why? Because in Colossians it says that we don't do this to serve man. We serve God. Everything you do, 
whether you're working, whether you're going to school. We don't do it to gain man's approval, although it sure is good to get appreciated, and it sure is good to hear a good report at work. It sure is good to get the good grade. But we serve because we serve a great God. We do it because we're honoring the Lord that saved us, that blessed us, that's been generous to us, that loves us first. And Saul got to a place in his life where he just, it was all about him. What really tipped his rocker the wrong way was when God not only rejected Saul, but he says, I'm replacing you. After 42 years of tremendous blessing, after 42 years of nation after nation being conquered, after 42 years of the goodness of God revealing himself to you, after I handpicked you, Saul, I can no longer trust you. And God picked out another king. You might know his name. His name was David. I don't have time to go into the whole story, but it was interesting how he picked David. And King David became the next king of Israel. And you know what Saul did? Tried to kill him. His anger turned into jealousy. His jealousy turned into envy. His envy turned into trying to murder him. You see, this is what happens when God is doing good things in your life, but you can't see God through what he's done for you. We begin to take credit. We begin to say, it was all about me. I got that job. I got that promotion. I graduated with a 4.0. It was me, 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 me. And yes, you had a part to play, but don't you ever forget, it was God that picked out Saul, and it was God that made you. It was God that gave you that ability. It's God that gave you that skill set. It's God that gave you the opportunity. The second thing I want to talk to you about is when life is good, when God is blessing you and it's good, acknowledge his faithfulness. Acknowledge his faithfulness to you. We have nine elders on our board and they're all great men of God and their spouses are phenomenal. But I was having a conversation with one of them. His name's Frank Tenerovich. Maybe you know Frank and Marilyn. They're just, they're just gems, just great people. And this isn't to say that we don't go through stuff. In fact, next week, I'm going to talk about being faithful in the lows. Look, we all have stories. We've all been through stuff. But one thing I love about Frank and Marilyn, and I've sat with them many times, but the one thing that reigns true about them is they're like, God has been so good to us. He's been so faithful to us. He's blessed us. And it doesn't matter if it's about their resources, if it's about their family, if it's about their grandkids, if it's about their marriage, God has been so good to us. And it's not just a slogan. It's not just a word. It's not just a chorus to a song. It's their life. They've recognized and they've realized and they acknowledge God has been so good to us. And it's not that they haven't worked hard. They, oh, if you know their story, they've worked hard. They've sacrificed. They've given a lot. But they recognize, I'm not the source. He's the source. It's because of his goodness. It's because of his faithfulness. There's a story in the scripture about a guy named Joseph. Maybe you've heard this story. Joseph was, um, had a dream at the age of 17. Phenomenal story. I mean, some of the things that happened to Joseph are just unbearable to hear. Unthinkable to think that somebody would do such a thing. But Joseph had this dream and he bragged about it. He didn't handle himself real well in the beginning. But his brothers got jealous and envious just like Saul. Saul. 
and they threw him in a well. Then they fabricated a whole story and lied and said Joseph had been eaten by a pack of animals. And they took his coat and they ripped it and put blood on it and brought it back to their father and said, Father, he's dead. This is all we have left is this coat that you made for him. Look, the animals just ripped him apart. Then they sold Joseph into slavery. And through multiple exchanges in the slavery trade, Joseph ended up in Egypt under Pharaoh. And you can read the story in Genesis yourself. It's, it's an amazing story. But what I want you to see is Joseph came to a place, regardless, and we'll talk about your lows next week, but Joseph had a lot of lows. But what you'll see in Joseph's life is a pattern. The same pattern you see in Frank and Marilyn. God is good to me. God is faithful to me. Whether Joseph was in a well or he was thrown in prison, he was faithful to give, acknowledge God. He was faithful to serve, not unto man, but unto God. And you know, what, you know what's amazing about this kind of heart? The heart that Frank and Marilyn have, the heart that Joseph has. You know what's amazing? People recognize it. Everything he does prospers. Everything he touches turns to gold. Why? Because of God he worships. Yes, he works hard. Yes, he makes good choices. Yes, we do things because we know the God that we serve. But there's also something about acknowledging who he is. Acknowledging that he's been faithful. Acknowledging that he has blessed you. So we don't get prideful. So we don't get arrogant. So we don't make it about us. Let me just be really clear. We all have a sin nature. It's natural for us to want to make it about us. That was what got Satan thrown out of heaven. He made it about him. So it's natural to feel this tension. And that's why it's so important that you acknowledge God, that you acknowledge who he is to you, that you acknowledge that, God, you have done this in me. God, you have trusted me. God, you've given me favor. God, you've, you've increased me in my job. God, you've given me this promotion. God, you've given me this ability to do great in school. God, you've given me the ethic to work hard, to study hard, to do well. God, you've given me the ability to, to do whatever your talent is, whatever your gift is. Maybe you're a carpenter. Maybe you're a doctor. Maybe you're a lawyer. Maybe you're whatever you are. It was God that wired you this way. It's God that designed you. It's him that gave you that breath. It's him that made you in a mother's womb. It's him that intertwined all these beautiful things inside of you. Make sure you acknowledge the one that you worship, the one that saved you, the one that made you, the one that believes in you, believes in you more than you believe in you. And Joseph, under all these crazy situations, gave he acknowledged God in all of his ways. He acknowledged God in all that he did, even though people lied about him. Even though people deceived and did terrible things, he acknowledged God. Listen, church, that's the key. In the good times, you've got to acknowledge God. Don't take credit. Yes, you keep grinding it out. You keep working. Look, that's part of what happened with sin is we are going to work hard. We're going to love people even when they don't love us. And I love Joseph's story because when he had that dream at 17, 23 years later, that's how long it took. Sometimes we read the Bible and we're like, well, it happened. He had a dream and the next day it happened. That's not how it happened. 
23 years. 23 years. I'm sure he had questions. I'm sure he asked God, God, what happened to that dream? Why isn't it happening? Why am I in prison? What is going on? Why did she lie about me? I'm sure he had these moments with God just like you. But he always acknowledged God regardless of what was happening. In fact, there was a moment 20 plus years after the dream when the dream was fulfilled. You see, church, here's the thing. When God gives you a word, when God gives you a dream, when God gives you a passion, when he gives you an understanding, when something inside of you is just burning and you know it's God. Look, we don't know the A to B to C to Z, but you know when it happens. What are you gonna do when it's good? What are you gonna do when God blesses you? What are you gonna do when God fulfills that dream? What are you gonna do? I love what Joseph did. His brothers came marching in. Now, if you don't know much about the story, maybe this is new to you, there was a famine and the whole world was coming, but out of the whole world were his, his own family. The brothers that threw him in the well, the brothers that lied and deceived his father, the brothers that broke up their family and broke up that relationship, the brothers who sold him into slavery, the brothers who forgot. They knew Joseph existed, but they choose to not even find him. And now they're walking in for food. They're walking in because they're starving, because there's a great famine. And they walk in, and for the first time, they recognize it's Joseph. They realize it's his brother. And the dream went like this. The wheat will bow down. The sun and the stars will bow down. And it was speaking about there's going to be a moment when your family bows down to you. Not that Joseph is God. But there's this moment where they, that this dream was realized that God was gonna give Joseph so much favor that he was gonna minister not only to his whole family but to the whole world. Joseph didn't know what that looked like but this was the moment and look at what Joseph says. Look what he says, it's so powerful in Genesis 50. Starting in verse 18. His brothers marched down the aisle, look at what happened. And they went and they fell down before his face, before Joseph. Look at what Joseph said. And they said, behold, we are your servants. Joseph said, don't you be afraid for, for am I in the place of God? Don't you be afraid for I am in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. We just sang that in the song. This is where it comes from. You meant evil towards me, but God turned it into good in order to bring about it this day to save many people. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones and comfort them and speak kindly to them. Do you think that blessed his brothers? His brothers thought this was over. In fact, they come, look, we're gonna be your servants. We, we blew this, we messed it up. And Joseph said, don't you worry, I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna take care of your kids. I'm gonna speak kindly to you. I'm gonna comfort you. Do you know what this is a picture of? Do you know what this is a picture of? Who else comes down in the midst of our sin and has to bow down and recognize that we need to be saved? That we need a God that is gonna speak kindly over, comfort us, love us when we're in the middle of sin. This is a picture of the Messiah. This is a picture of Christ. Joseph isn't Jesus, but this is a picture of what the Messiah will look like. And his brothers came and bowed down. And Joseph said, hey, 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 I'm not God, but I forgive you. What you meant for evil, God has turned to good. I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna bless you. 
Not only did Joseph save his own family, but he saved the whole world. The whole world came to Joseph for food. The whole world came to Joseph. And if he didn't obey, if he would have been like Saul and been keeping and hoarding stuff for himself, but no, no, no. You see, this is where resources can be fun. When God is using it for his kingdom, look, he can save a lot of people. He can help a lot of people. He can bless a lot of people. That's why it's so important that you acknowledge God for his faithfulness. When things are good, when God is blessing you, look for Joseph, I'm sure it looked excessive. I'm sure it didn't look good from the outside, but there was a moment when he said, but God turned it into good, but God turned it into good, but God is using this not only to save you, but the whole world. You see, that's the difference between a spirit that Saul had, where it's all about me, and the spirit of Joseph or Frank and Marilyn, when we realize and recognize, God, it's you that blessed me. It's you that gave me the dream. It's you that saved me from that well. It's you that got me out of slavery. It's you that turned that deceitful lie into a good thing. But you would have never pictured it that way. You would have never planned it that way. You've got to acknowledge the goodness of God. You've got to acknowledge that God does love you. He does want what's best for you. We don't know the whole picture, but He does. You've got a faithful God. When times are good, don't make it about you. Yes, you work hard. Colossians says, you don't work on the man, you work on the God. For those of you that are married, I dated John for six years, seven years. I was not a committal person. Don't judge me. But you know what the Bible says about our marriages? He brought you together. You know, we think that we did it. I think after seven years, I won her over. No, no, God brought us together. God brought us together. Your career, God's blessing you. Your school, God is blessing you. He's equipping you. He's preparing you. Sometimes it doesn't look like he's preparing you. We'll talk about that next week. But you know what? When that graduation moment comes, when that job offer comes, when that promotion comes, when that first house you buy, when you get married, when you finally get that boyfriend or girlfriend, when you graduate from middle school, when you graduate from high school, look, the repetition of our hearts should be, God, thank you. It should be like when I sit with my friend, Frank and Marilyn. He has blessed me. He's so good to us. Watch and see what God will do. Acknowledge Him. Stand to your feet. I just want to pray for you this morning. And I want to end that way. Maybe you, it's been a while. Maybe you're just in a place like Saul and you're just, look, so this is all about me. I'm selfish. Look, just tell God, God, I'm sorry. I realize now that I shouldn't be doing that. I realize, God, if, if that's the way I can continue to be, God, you're going to transfer it to somebody else. You're going to transfer it. That's all through the Bible. Jesus tells a parable. Look, if you're not going to be faithful, if you're not going to honor me, I'll give it to somebody who will. So come to a place to say, God, I am sorry. And I realize now that it was you, that it was you. And for those of you that recognize that God is doing good things in your life, let's acknowledge him. Let's praise him. Let's celebrate him. Let's lift him up. Let's 
His name is worthy to be praised. Let's lift him. Let's elevate him. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we need you. God, you are the Messiah. You are my provider. You are the God above all gods. God, it's you. It's you that's worthy to praise. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you. You deserve our praise. You deserve our songs. You deserve everything we do. It's for your glory. In Jesus' name, everyone say, 